Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is a rainy night here in the tri-state area on this mid-December evening. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. My name is Tom Scavetta. Join alongside my co-host, Hank Indictor and Sam Cardona. Hank and Sam, how are you both doing, or should I say feeling, after being in attendance at Sunday's um, Slam Fest, we'll call it? Yeah, um, not great, honestly. Not not the best Giants game I've ever been to, um, but we're trying to keep high spirits. But yeah, that was um, it was a hard watch. It wasn't even like a little bit good. It was it was a hard watch. Oh boy, I never learned my lesson, don't do I? I never learn. I I've been to. I've now gone to more giant games like now than I was when I was like much younger. Cause obviously I don't really have a family that's like into football the way I am, but let me put it this way. I've seen some pretty bad giant games in my lifetime. The sad part is this wasn't even the worst one. I mean, look, when <laughs> this I've one been was to, bad. this one was bad. Yes. But would it the worst? No. The reason I say the Rams game in 2017 was worse because at least you knew at least you know this Giants team like just lost to the better team. Like that game, they mailed it in. And as far as what happened in the first Giant game I ever went two years ago against that same horrible Philadelphia Eagles squad, I don't even expl- need to explain to you why that one was worse. But in any event, just it was so sickening when I got off that train to MetLife because I had a car trouble, so I had to take uh, this caucus shuffle. And getting off, all I heard was that stupid E-A-D-L-E-S Eagles <laughs> chant. And it, and it just like. It didn't stop either. Too, much, too many green in that state. Yeah, how much green was there? They outnumbered us 100%. We were not at a really? Giants home game. No, it was an Eagles game that we just happened to be in attendance at. Was it and by really the way, PSA? Bad? Yes. If it was on the Giants TV, fan, did it? It was weird. I'm sorry, I need to give a PSA. If sure. you're a Giants fan who sold your tickets to Eagles fans, I hope there's a, sur- a little bit of coal up your stocking come Christmas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As, as someone who, like, obviously, if you guys watched last week, Sporty Jordy was on our show. Me and her went to the game together. She is a diehard Eagles fan. And first of all, I just have to say that Jordan is one of the most respectful Eagles fans I know. Because I as I sat there in the fourth quarter with my hand hand in my hands going, one more drive. We can make it down the field. One more drive. And she kept going, yeah, they could do it. They could do it. And I was like, I appreciate you filling me with hope. But, like, she knew that it was over, like, before it even began. The second we were in the end zone section um, or that side of the field when Devontae Smith scored that touchdown – and I knew at that point that it was over. Like, I was like, oh, geez, this is on a fourth and seven, a fourth and seven. And he scored. Hello, Andy. Um, Andrew. I hope you're correct, but I highly doubt you are, um, Andy. Uh, man, Philadelphia is just that good, huh? Um Go Bears, man. Go Bears. I think I was in the best situation possible sitting at home watching the game. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so that I could flip to the Minnesota Vikings if I wanted to, even though they, they lost as well. But um, <laughs> you know what? It, it was just an awful game. And um, at least, Sam, you were there with Jordan and Hank. Um, you had Edmundo McQuaid shouting down your neck, the whole, probably the biggest Daniel Jones hater that I know. But but before we rant about that, ju- just quickly here, because the comments are coming in and we have to get through this. Remember to follow us on all of our social media. If you like us um, moaning and bitching about our football team <laughs> on social media at Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue. Appreciate all the support and shameless plug quickly here for our proud sponsor, BetUS. You can sign up with our promo code below there at join one two five. Get a 125% sign-up bonus where you can bet on the go, anywhere, anytime, straight from your mobile device. That's BetUS, where the game begins, if you like your sports betting. I know Andy loves sports betting. And Andy, I have to be with you in two hours, so um, (laughs) take it easy on me there, bud. Uh, 
Deanna Karen says hi, friends. Hello, Deanna. Uh, Is it going, Deanna? Hello. In the comments section, uh, Tudo, massive. Oh, Tudo. And thanks to our brother Tommy, Hank, and Sam. Greetings from our entire rugby team in Italy. One o four a.m. here. Wow, we appreciate you staying Paisano. up late. Dedication uh, to tune in, uh, Mister Fellow Paisan in the comments section. Um, <clears throat> that that'll show him, Hank. Andrew says, you know, it's I funny am- that I say that, Andy, when calling saying that they deserve lumps of coal, yet um yet I probably I probably just bought a ticket to Saturday's game in Philadelphia from a uh, Flyers fan who wanted to get rid of his ticket. So hypocrite. you're going down the turnpike Saturday? Yep. Oh. Oh no. I didn't know. Oh, no, no, it was a spontaneous decision. I'm not going to do it. I, I'm not going to do it. Not no, tonight. We're no, not no, we don't have the time. No, we don't have the time. But let's get to some key takeaways from this game against Philly. And I think now, at least, we know that Week 15 against Washington is a must-win game after losing to the Eagles because now the Giants are 1-4-1 and one in their last six games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot's gone wrong. Um, I saw – a tweet that went straight at Mark Lewinsky in this game. Absolutely got mauled by an Eagles defender. Evan Neal looked atrocious. Um, The interior offensive line needs a makeup in the offseason. And clearly, again, in person, I don't know what it looked like to you guys, but Saquon, once again, clearly not 100%. No. No, no. No, not at all. And we knew that going into this game, right? We knew that he was not um, 100%. But all around, I mean, he came out so strong in the beginning of this season and just goes to show that a healthy Saquon is what we need on this team because ever since he started falling off, that's when the team started falling off, which is unfortunate that we have to rely on one person. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, Saquon has not been looking good. And um, I know that he's in the last four games, he's only scored two touchdowns. And we are have not won a game in that span of time. So that just goes to show that a lot of our touchdown not not all of them, but a good amount of them coming from him. Yeah. Um and Hank, would you agree that the corner and the linebacker positions are the two biggest needs in the in next year's draft, even over wide receiver? Because these positions just looked horrendous. If we can't stick defensively. We have no shot, at least with these wide receivers. We have a capable quarterback that's able to move us down the football field. Our defense is what really screwed us. I mean, we saw Julian Love try to jump the gun on that touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. And then they gave up another 41-yard bomb to A.J. Brown. So do you agree with that? Oh, there's no question in my mind that that's true. Like, could have used the Dory Jackson. Oh, wait, let's just uh, let him uh, return punts. That won't come back to haunt us any way, shape, or form. Uh, we could have used um, more linebackers. Linebackers has always been a need for the Giants. But at the same time, this offseason is going to be the first one where Joe Shane can probably flex his financial and able muscles, so to speak. So... Maybe he will address that position where, you know, past GMs never really were able to do that. And it's why you and I have said ad nauseum over the years, the Giants can't cover tight ends. And I definitely would agree that the secondary is going to be an important position need. That's why I always keep saying guys such as like Sauce Gardner for like players who I would steal like for another team. Noah calls me an old boy. Giants got boat raised. Andy says the Vikings are frauds. I disagree with that statement, Andy. Um, but I do agree with this statement. The Lions are coming for you. Oh, 100%. I am afraid of the Lions. They look great. They're 5-1. and one. And after TJ Hawkinson got traded, when the Lions were sitting there at 1-6, and six, Hawkinson's like, it feels great. I'm finally going to a winning football team. And it's interesting. The Lions start to win once Hawkinson leaves, and then the Lions beat his new team last week. So it's wild. I don't, TJ Hawkinson was not the problem, but obviously yeah. wasn't the solution. No, 
you feel for Dan Campbell and I'm so happy for him that he's finally winning, just not at our expense. Of course, I don't want to see that. Um, yeah. Ben Cruz. Kneecaps. Yeah. <clears throat> What's up y'all big game this weekend and big game tonight for us to watch. Yeah. We got to be off here right at eight fifteen, guys. Cause uh, we got the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. The 49ers have to win tonight. Let's go Brock Purdy. That's right. Let's go Brock Purdy. Uh, I believe in that boy. I do too, even though, to be honest, he was not very good at Iowa State. Um, and yeah, but he, he just beat Tom Brady last week. I know, but in college he he struggled. That, that was the point I'm trying to get at. But, but the NFL is a new um, – Giants need a healthy running back to last the season. Correct. Yeah. That's why losing Wayne Gallman sucked two two years ago, to be honest the, with you. The team just picked him up. Yeah, I don't know who, I but I forgot I forgot who it was. But somebody just picked him up, and I was like, good for Wayne Gallman. Mm-hmm. Good for the Wayne train. Uh, Brandon Graham continues to own the Giants. Three sacks in this game. I think – I'm trying to remember, but – Brandon Graham has at least 20 sacks against us throughout his career. He's been on the Eagles since 2009, 2010. Man's a monster, and he can't be stopped. So, Totally. Like, even Andrew Thomas didn't look particularly great in this game. The whole offensive line didn't um, look good. Kenny Galladay? Yeah. Kenny Galladay? Who's that? Um, Not familiar. Yeah. With Where him. was Kenny Galladay? Where was he? <laughs> Honestly, I don't even when we like when I watch Giants games, I literally don't even see him. He's on a milk carton. So well, <laughs> if you're Joe Shane, eat the dead money, save the six point seven million next season, next offseason. It's so not worth it. Another week, another laundry list of injuries. Um, but most importantly here, Daniel Jones. And this is the last thing we'll talk about before we get into our player of the week. Daniel Jones is a scapegoat to blame for so many Giants fans, and it's absolutely incredible. Defense gives up 48 points. Daniel Jones, his fault. Um, This man, I think he's the only player in the NFL that is never allowed to make one single mistake. And when he does, the entire fan base, Giants Twitter, Giants social media, it is the most toxic thing you have ever seen. And we were comparing and contrasting stats between Daniel Jones and former Giants quarterbacks. And you know what? They're very similar to Eli Manning's, his first four years. Very damn similar. And Eli Manning. Same number. Exact same number of pass attempts. 1638. Yeah. But here's my thing. And Howard Cross brought up a really good point on the Big Blue Huddle podcast the other night when I was watching. How many teams right now would kill for Daniel Jones? This guy's going to have a market in the offseason. The Atlanta Falcons would take Daniel Jones. The Commanders would take Daniel Jones. Hell, they wanted to draft Daniel Jones. Um, A bunch of other teams would love to have Daniel Jones. I think the Seattle Seahawks would take him. I think there's plenty of other teams out there in the AFC, the Houston Texans. Absolutely. I mean, he would be a starter for so many other teams. And that's the issue that I have who coming in next year, you're going to throw a blind dart at the draft board and take somebody when the giants are sitting at 23 overall. No, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Jones is getting a new contract with the Giants. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he's great. What I'm saying is he needs further evaluation and a second year with this new scheme. And he's proved his worth to this Giants squad, his leadership, his mentality is great. It's in sync. And he's making plays. If you give Daniel Jones time, he's one of the most accurate QBs in in the league. And I saw a stat under pressure. Daniel Jones is one of the best quarterbacks in the league under pressure. Granted, he's dealing with it every week, so mm-hmm. you're used to it after a while. But oh, I wish I had a graphic. Damn. I mean, how many times have I talked about consistency with Daniel Jones? Like, I feel like I've like hit that nail so hard, it's like through the board by this point. 
I've been talking about how the, this kid has been set up for failure and yet he's not fail like he's not failing in his own personal respect he's not failing and and I just had a conversation I had my office Christmas party last night for work and I was in a straight up argument with a grown man about Daniel Jones and I was like why are you arguing with me about this right now and he was just like nope he's not the answer I want him gone I don't want to deal with him anymore and I'm like what has he done this year that's making you so upset like what are you seriously mm. doing that's literally like it, it just doesn't make it just doesn't make what was sense. his explanation if you don't mind me asking um he basically was just saying like he's like oh we're not winning games we're never going to make the playoffs and even if we do make the playoffs he's not going to win any games and like he's like that's not a super bowl quarterback and i'm like you can't expect this guy to go even to the playoffs right now because of the stuff that he's been dealing with for the past what three years now yeah so it's just you know Drunk men at bars uh, just kind of don't have a lot of things, you know, this, things to say. I, I hear you. Um, this from Larry, a Cowboys fan. He's not perfect, but he definitely deserves another year with some actual weapons. With weapons. With, this is what he's doing without anything. He's not. He literally has nothing. He's made Isaiah Hodgins better. He's made Richie James relevant. He's Isaiah made Darius Hodgins? Amazing. Like, seriously. And he, he can literally, like you said, he's so accurate. And he gets the ball down the field. And now that he know, like, now that this offensive scheme is working for him, give him another year. He's going to thrive. Mm-hmm. He's going to thrive under this coaching staff. So I think we could so. go on. Uh, Tudo says, Tommy, please join us on January 8th at the link and witness <laughs> how we run the show in the stands against all stinky. Boys loses 220 Italian diehard Giants fans, all rugby players, and ready for the face-off. Um, they might not be playing their starters in that game, too, though. Um, I'll have to think about it. I'll get back to you on a later show about that, too, though. Um, the Vikings point different. Uh, well, thank you, Mark Alkin, one of my coworkers at CBS. He is an Eagles fan. Um, Mark, hope you enjoyed your win. You absolutely creamed us. Thank you for not harassing me at work this week so far. Um, but I, I do agree with his point. Danny Dimes will be a spot starter on my fantasy team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Comments keep coming. But let's get to our player of the week, Sam. So Yes. This guy, finally back. And he's played just four games this year, but he has made one heck of an impact. And in year number two, he has taken a huge leap for this football team. Mm -hmm. Who is our player of the week? Sam, take it away. It is Mr. Aziz Ojolari, who is someone that I was actually advocating for last week. Um, Kayvon obviously kind of outshined him just a bit, but Aziz Ojolari finally makes it to our player of the week. He had two sacks, two quarterback hurries, two tackles for loss, and four tackles. Played 60% of defensive snaps, and one of his sacks led to a blocked punt and a New York Giants touchdown. Ojolari had four sacks in four games this year, and in 2022, like Tom said, hasn't played the entire year, but he has eight tackles, four sacks, two forced fumbles, and one pass defended. Like, just absolutely stunning. He's doing a great job, and I'm so happy that he's finally back and doing what he needs to do because we need it. We need that kind of player on our team. Hank, what do you think of Aziz's presence? I think it's made him better, and it's made Kayvon better. Yes. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. I think there's a slight chance that his return could very well kickstart the Giants, and maybe, just maybe, it'll help them sneak in and you know backdoor their way to a playoff stop but i don't really want to get ahead of myself right now we still got a whole game against washington to talk about but you know i definitely like that choice i think out of all the players like in yesterday's game he was the only one that really stood out for me and i feel like i sound like a broken record when it comes to guys who i who we uh consensually give the award for uh player of the week so yeah, in this case, it was definitely Ojolari. I think he de- definitely had the biggest impact, and I, I would not be surprised to see him win it again within the next four weeks of the season. Ojolari, it's about time. Noah, he's only played four games. He's only had four opportunities, and with limited reps, 
Um, you know, so shout out Aziz. Uh, actually, my current favorite player on the Giants. Um, I, once Riley Dixon left, that was it. I had to pick a new player. And well, we, we knew was. when he was drafted, you were a big Ojolari guy. I was. I I predicted him going to the Giants. You did not at forty two, <laughs> and he dropped for us. He was yeah. a great pick. Such a good pick. Should be a four time winner. Um, Hank says one nothing Rangers. Let's go Rangers. <laughs> yes, Filipino power play goal. Shout out to Joe D'Angelo. Joe, appreciate you watching us here tonight. Giants overachieved early on this year, and now it's back to reality. For now. For now. I think um, the Giants could still split, potentially win three out of these last four games. If the Eagles bench their starters in Week 18, they have nothing to play for. I think the Colts game is a win. I think Washington's a winnable game. Daniel Jones has played better. Um, I don't know what they call it now. I think it's still FedEx at that place more than any other football field. I mean, he had five touchdown passes in that stadium his rookie year. Um, so, yeah. And he even brought down the turnovers. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> oh, you know, I forgot to do my thing, my sign. I forgot who mentioned it. I think it was Mike. And he was like, you should put up a – this is how long it's been since Daniel Jones's last turnover. How many days? Oh. <laughs> I've – I don't. I don't think you were there for that show, Hank. But I forgot. I was going to put it right there. I rem. No, I watched that. I remember that now that you mentioned it. Actually, I'm going to write it down. Maybe I'll put it up next week, so I don't forget. Yeah. Good luck, Alkin. Week 18, whatever they call that stadium, it's a death trap. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny. I've like said that MetLife is kind of the weird looking stadium, but. It's uh, it's a palace compared to FedEx from what I've seen and heard about that dump. I agree. Shout out Tudo once again. But yeah, let's get into our week 15 transactions before we preview the game. So there are some things to go over this week. Roy and Betica terminated from the practice squad. He's just the back and forth guy. It seems the Giants, due to Richie James's concussion, had to work out three kick and punt returners early this week. They wound up signing. Wide receiver Jaden Mickens to the practice squad played in 11 games for the Jaguars and the Bucks last year. Two career catches for 10 yards. Uh, he's 28 years old, or two catches last season, pardon. He has nearly 1,400 career return yards, and he won a Super Bowl with the Bucks in 2020. Um, Giants also worked out former Eagle Kenjin Barner and Chester Rogers return game was the common trend here reported by Arch Stapleton. If Richie James can't go, um, it seems like every week the giants have like five new injuries and it really, really sucks. Ellerson Smith who blocked the punt in the Eagles game is back on injured reserve, um, which is terrible. Uh, Ryder Anderson replaces his spot, making the 53-man roster. Went from an undrafted free agent rookie minicamp invite to making the 53-man roster. That's an underdog story I'm here for. Um, and then the Giants signed defensive tackle Jack Heflin to the practice squad. Uh, released from the Packers practice squad on Tuesday. He was also a UDFA story out of Iowa last year. Stuck with the Packers for almost two full seasons. And now he's a giant. So those are the transactions for the week. I want to bring up one more thing from the game. Yes. Um, the punt, the muffed punt. That was just abs- like the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Like when that happened, we literally, I think the entire stadium went silent. Like, cause we were just like, what just happened? Yeah. I, and it's a complicated rule. Cause you're allowed to drop kick the ball that, I mean, you're allowed like it, if Daniel Jones is on the field on fourth down, like he can technically punt the football if right. they want. They could mm-hmm. show like they're going for it, and Jones can just drop kick the ball to the other team if the Giants want it. Not, not that I'd ever recommend him doing that, but <laughs> his, the problem was the ball hit the ground, and it's a live ball at that point. Something with the, It was a fumble with the forward motion. I don't know what the rule is anymore. The rule seems to keep changing yeah. um, every couple of decades, but – from my understanding, Gillen was not able to kick that football. If he fielded it cleanly and like bobbled it, then he can get it off. But it was just an awful looking punt. And what did I say this year? Everyone kept complaining. Why do you want Riley Dixon to stay on the, on the team? 
That's exactly why I wanted. Also, Jamie Gillen needs a damn haircut. I'm sorry. I, he, he, it's, it's too- quite a majestic flow he has, though. Yeah. I was I'm was. i partial to long hair. I'm partial to it, but. It's a little too long for it's him. A little, it's a little long. Yeah. <laughs> Brock Bowers to the Giants in 2024. Um, we like Daniel Bellinger, Noah, but. I will say, if the Giants get Brock Bowers, I would love that. Him and Bellinger together. You could start both of them. Why not? Hey, two years from now, who knows? Also true. Noah is a history major, so I'll let that one slide. Uh, but getting into our Week 15 preview against the Washington Commanders. Hank, we have some series history to go over, and the Giants have dominated this rivalry since the beginning of time. Yes, they are 105, 71, and 5. And, you know, for the most part since the, um, since the millennium, the Giants have pretty much, you know, dominated Washington. And, you know, they, the, the surprising thing, though, is they have not won a game against them since the 2020 season. And ironically, they actually swept them despite not winning the division. But then the year after was 2022 – or. 2021, rather, was the first time they got swept by Washington, ironically, since, of all years, 2011. But hopefully the Giants can finally find a way to get back on track. And as I told you guys a couple weeks ago, the last two ties in Giants history were both against the football team, as I'll respectfully call them, because I still don't know if I'll ever really get used to commanders and I've still never really gotten used to the change of their old name, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Those are the last two ties in giant history. And it's pretty crazy how both of them happened, and they dropped the giants seven, four and one. And in 1997, also they got clobbered at home the week afterwards and dropped the seven, five and one could history repeat them itself and this giant team find a way to get back on track and uh, win, um, you know, the last, the remaining games, who knows? I don't know. It's going to be very difficult, but hopefully things change and hopefully we get a better result. Joe, I'm going to agree and disagree with this comment. I don't know about both. I think one, I think the loser of this game is screwed. Absolutely. Um, But the winner is in really good shape. Cause remember back in, what was it? Oh eight, Hank. The Eagles were eight, six, and one. Made the playoffs. They needed twelve things to happen, and the tie actually helped them get in. And they made it to the NFC Championship game in a season that us Giants fans like to forget. Because it's not a loss. No, you know it sucks that there's ties, but it's not a loss. So technically, it's better than us being seven and six. And hey, what if Detroit if Detroit loses a game or two and they just miss out on their crazy comeback scenario? That could the Giants could end up being ahead, like Sam said, as or as John Sterling likes to call it, the all important loss column. Yes, that is very true. And if the Giants win Sunday, they're back up to the sixth seed slated to play the 49ers, which quite frankly, I don't know if I want to play the 49ers in the first round, but that's a discussion for a later time. Uh, Daniel Jones, 0-9 in primetime games. He said in an interview this week he doesn't think much about it, but he's excited for this opportunity. You have to remember, this is not the same Giants team that Jones played for his first three seasons. We really have to remember this. Um, In fact, the Giants are 0-11 in their last primetime games. And, Hank, I think the Giants actually haven't won a primetime game since 2018. Is that correct? Yes, that was the Monday night game against the San Francisco 49ers, and that was one of the last games that Eli Manning won, actually. 2018, okay, yes. I do remember that now. Nick Mullins started for them. Correct. And, you know, Eli Manning. And the Giants actually gave us false hope with that win because then that was around the time Odell Beckham said, oh, we can run the table, but obviously we know how that worked out. 5-11, and yep. I, I do remember, but. Noah Dog Dibler. One more name change in Washington will have as many name changes in the past five seasons as they have Super Bowls. They have one yeah, three. Right. They have one three. That is another fun fact. Um, interesting news from the Washington uh, 
injury department. Carson Wentz was reinstated from IR <laughs> on Monday. Uh, <laughs> but oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, I do feel bad for him to an extent. I, I, I and this, this is just my. I know I'm a Giants fan, but I'm just gonna say it. That torn ACL ruined his career. If he doesn't tear his ACL, he's still a starter in this league. He was magnificent. Not only that, but I think the way the Eagles handled it wasn't great either. Like, I think they rushed him back too soon because you had Nick Foles, who had just won them the starting the Super Bowl, and you had him as essentially a safety mat. And after they lost that game to the Buccaneers in Week Two, they decided, oh, let's go back to Carson Wentz and. Had they rested him up a bit, maybe a few more weeks, who knows? Maybe maybe it's a different story. Yeah. Um, Mark says, holy hell, I was wrong about Wentz. Yeah. I think you were telling me that, Mark. You were a big Wentz guy back in the day. Um, but let's uh, also starting center Tyler Larson placed on injured reserve Monday. Washington will be without their center. He was originally, big deal. He was originally their backup. That's a big deal, though. It is. Losing your center is huge, especially for Taylor Heineke, who's, like, kind of on a decline, I would think. Like, he's not looking – like, people were like, oh, my God, he beat the Eagles. And it's like that's kind of all he's done. Yeah. It's definitely a shame that it's uh, come down to that. Uh, Noah says whoever loses this game gets passed by the Lions and kisses the players. Goodbye. Mrs. Oh, misses. No kissing. <laughs> God. All right. So let's get into our keys of the game because um, I wouldn't be shocked if one of us predicts a tie again tonight. Hmm. It, it could happen. Interesting. It could what happen. What would happen? Do you know like what the scenario would be if we did tie again? It would go to so – the scenario would be that Watt Washington has the head to head because they do now, right? And um, the strength of schedule, they have more. I think they have more divisional wins, right? Which matters as they beat Philly. So if we beat Philly, does it matter? If we beat Washington, yeah, definitely. Um, oh no, but if we tie and then we play Philadelphia and we win, does that matter? Then I think it goes to strength of schedule. If that's the case, no tie, only wins. Yeah, they ties only look good game. on suits. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Hank. That is an excellent point. All right, keys to the game. Sam, you're first. Key to the game for the Giants to win. I say it every week, and we say it every single week. Stop the run. It's I've literally been saying this since week one, since week one of us doing the show this year, I have said that it's the new get off the field on third down. We are so poor at making sure that these running backs don't get through. And it's just terrible. I mean, how many, what is it? Four rushing touchdowns. Um, yeah. Like on us, like that should not be that should not be a thing. That should there's too many. It's too many. So I'm really really hoping that even with um like the injuries, the cracks in our defense can at least fill in just a little bit because I know that Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson are slightly injured, but that doesn't matter because apparently we're just bad at it anyway. And like last week Miles Sanders all over the field in his little neon green Freaking cleats all over the place. And I was like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of him. I was tired of Boston Scott. I was tired of all these running backs. Stop the run. Figure it out. I don't think pills <laughs> will help. What, like Pepto? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. I agree, Sam. I mean, five and a half yards they're giving up per carry. That's not good. Hank, you're up. Uh, I am going to say uh, protect Daniel Jones. I mean, he was sacked four times last week, and the commanders also did a pretty good job at getting to him the last time that they played each other, and not to mention their defense is really good. 
So definitely got to be careful. I think the only guy you really can rely on on that offensive line is probably the pillar and the guy that I've called the most valuable player on offense. That's Andrew Thomas. And I think that's looking more and more obvious as the season goes along, but you know what, just for the hell of it. And for old time's sake, I'm going to add in the obligatory get off the field on third down. I love it. Um, Yeah. Getting off is, is big. I think last week the Eagles were six for 13 on third down, something like that. And the fourth and seven touchdown should not have happened. Unacceptable. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, no, absolutely terrible. That that was the Julian Love snafu, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get in the hit, stick too early. It's a common mistake you've made in Madden when you were younger. Yeah, yeah that's a play you just have to break up the pass and not go for the flashy play, in my opinion. But cost us. It's over. It's done with. And that's why they have to limit the big plays on defense. You gave up uh, 35-plus yard touchdowns to both Smith and Brown, which is unacceptable. Um, I think I agree with Hank about protecting Daniel Jones because Washington right now, they have three players with seven or more sacks. Um, Sweat has seven. Deron Payne has eight and a half. Jonathan Allen has seven and a half. Um, Jones, as we mentioned earlier, second highest percentage of dropbacks this year where he's under pressure. Jones is under pressure at 44.2% of his dropbacks. And let's put this into perspective, right? This is Daniel Jones's rankings under pressure. Out of all starting quarterbacks in the NFL, all 32 of them, under pressure, Daniel Jones completes just under 57% of his passes, second best in the NFL. Now, granted, these stats might be a little inflated because other quarterbacks aren't under pressure as much, but these are the stats. Uh, sixth in passing yards, 896. 11th in touchdowns, four. He's one of two quarterbacks in the entire league to not throw a pick under pressure. Uh, Mark Alkin, if you're still watching, you might like this. The only other quarterback to not throw a pick under pressure this season is Jalen Hurts. Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts. And one more. The pressure to sack rate is 19.7%. So out of those 44%, only 19% of those are turning into sacks. That's not bad. Hell, the touchdown he threw to Hodgins last week, he was under pressure. I don't know if both of you thought the same thing, but I thought he had to throw that ball away. Oh, yeah. No, I I was impressed that that turned out to be points on the board. And then he extended the play, and there's Hodgins. I thought he could have got gotten it off to Bellinger early, but um, and he just found the better play. He fooled us all. That's why he's a starting quarterback. You know, <laughs> he knows best. Daniel knows best, and I think pressuring Taylor Heineke is key for me. Um, he was sacked five times two weeks ago, yet he still had a lot of yardage. Forced him into rush throws. He's a different quarterback when you pressure him, as Sam mentioned. Um, in turn, this will force Washington into third and longs. And in week 13, Washington was three for 14 on third down. And granted, they're healthier now because they've all they've been doing the last two weeks has been sitting back thinking about this football game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after just playing, they're literally playing us, got their bye plays again. Yeah. Um, I agree. And then also winning time of possession is very important, right? I think stopping the run for the Giants uh, and being able to get Barkley going, get Jones going on the ground. Uh, Washington had the ball for over 41 minutes in the last game. That does include overtime. That's 70 minutes of football, 41 minutes for Washington. Not good enough. Um, Giants have the sixth best rushing offense in, in the NFL. They can do this. They can get this done. Um. Daniel Jones, uh, not Daniel Jones, Noah says. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones hasn't been under this much pressure since he had to cheat off a smart kid during finals week at Duke. I'm pretty Hello, sure well. Daniel Jones was a smart kid at Duke. Just I, would, I was going to say, I think that Daniel Jones is a smart boy. <laughs> if he wasn't smart, he still wouldn't be starting. Let's be real realistic here, right? I mean, if he was still turning the ball over the way he was his rookie year, he probably would have been benched by now. And Duke is prestigious. It's a prestigious mm-hmm. school to get into. So, I'm pretty sure if he got caught at that school, he would have like some. He would have probably have his head caught off or something. Probably, Jeez. they're probably really strict about that. Yeah. 
Sam, my teammates are asking you to put the sign up, please. I will go. Actually, I might I might put my pen I my pennant fell. I'll put my Giants pennant back up. Yeah. I'll take my Bills one down and I'll put it over there. And it'll say the amount of days. Duke has nothing on so all right. Noah, <laughs> calm down, buddy. Okay. I love you, man, but calm down. <laughs> Uh, and then the, the Giants must stay healthy in this game. Uh, you don't get into Duke without smarts, but then again, there's Kyrie Irving. Also. Kyrie went to Duke? Yeah. Wow. But he only played in like 12 games for them because he was hurt, like almost all of them. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Many moons ago. Crazy, Kyrie. right? Okay. Let's not Players. go down the Kyrie path. Players to watch, since there's only three of us tonight, let's do at least two for both teams. Sam, I'll start with you. We'll do two from Washington and then two from the Giants. Okay. So I actually – I wrote down two. They're the same position. Um, okay. But it connects to my um, my key to the game, uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. I think that they are both – even though they were both limited in practice this past week – um, Brian Robinson has stepped up a huge amount in this season and there have been times where Antonio Gibson has stolen the spotlight from him and then he just like grabs it right back. So not to say that they're competing against each other, but it does seem like Brian Robinson is trying to be this RB one for the commanders. Um, so, and they're very talented running back. So like I said, if there is even the smallest gap anywhere in, um, you know, the defensive line, these guys are going to run through it. So those are my two. Um, And then one of my giants is Isaiah Hodgins, just because this man's like, he's like a bean that was put in the ground and has just sprouted. Like he is just an amazing wide receiver that we, it literally came out of nowhere. He was drafted like two years ago. He was on the bills, obviously was brought in by table. Um, I feel like Isaiah Hodgins could be someone, he doesn't get a lot of, you know, not a ton of targets, but the targets that that do hit him, he will complete and he'll get down the field and he's reliable. And it seems like him and Daniel Jones are working real well together. So um, he's definitely going to be one of these guys. And he even scored a touchdown for the past, the past two weeks. He's scored one touchdown each week. So I think that he's a solid guy to get in the, in the red zone. Um, And my other giants, I will go with Daniel Bellinger because I want to see more of him. I didn't see, hear his name at all last week, and I was very excited to be in the same stadium as Daniel Bellinger. I was ready to like s- really soak up that Bellinger wonder, but it didn't happen. So I want to see more from him. Um, I agree. I, I didn't he hurt his ribs on that one catch? Who Bellinger? Bell, Bellinger. He got like speared in, in the ribs on on his. He caught three passes. I'm pretty sure. Um, he did go out of the game. Yeah, that's probably yeah. why you didn't hear him too much. Still, uh, I still want to see him more. He quietly because usually the announcers will announce when there's an injury, but this injury they just missed. Like I think it was Joe really? Davis calling the game with um, I forget who his color commentator was, but he completely just he, he didn't even bring it up. Like Bellinger just like left the game quietly. They said nothing, so. It was hard for me to figure out too, and then I'm like, "Oh, Nick Vanette's in the game." Yeah, Chris Myrick's in the game. Which, by, by the way, that OPI on my on Chris Myrick, I'm sorry, absolute BS. Mm. Kid did nothing wrong. Yeah, did nothing wrong. He's running around. He's running around. He didn't. He, he didn't. gave the guy a high five. That's all he did. <laughs> Hank. All right, you're on you're on the clock here. I'm gonna distract you from what just happened. So Okay. The game's so, tied. Players to watch. Uh for me with regards to Washington, I am gonna go with the dangerous duo of Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Both of those guys did well last time in the last game against the New York Giants, and they gotta be careful about what damage that they could do. Thought I was going to say scary Terry, but I decided to go a different route and decided to pick go with a two for here. And you know what? As far as the Giants go, how about I go with Ojolari and uh, KT? 
on the other side. Mm. I love that edge rushing duo so much. That's going to be too. Me too. I think they're, I think if the Giants are going to win this game, they're going to have a big reason and want, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to make this prediction too, if, if I may. Go One of me. them is going to be our player of the week next week. Aziz or Kayvon? One of them. Yep. They've been the last three weeks. It was I know. I know. I know. That's going to continue. Um, yeah, that that's some crazy stuff there. But uh, for me, I'm going with Jahan Dotson for Washington. He leads the Commanders with five touchdown receptions. Um, he's hasn't played too many games this year, but in the games he has played in, he's been effective. He had five catches for 54 yards and one touchdown back in week 13 and had nine targets. So the Giants were definitely watching him, but they need to watch him a little more this time around. Um, if you see what I did there. And then the combination of Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne for me, defensive tackles, um, I mentioned combined 30 tackles for loss between the two of them. Uh, week 13, Allen had a sack. Payne had two. Those dudes are like, they were teammates at Alabama. They were both first round picks. There's a reason why they're, they're really, really good. Um, but yeah, those are my two players to watch for Washington for the giants. Um, you just took most of the good ones. Um, all <laughs> right. So Hank went with the two edge rushers. Sam went with Isaiah and Daniel Bellinger. I'm going to go with Dexter Lawrence. Um, nice. Back in week 13 against the Commanders, he had nine tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, and two QB hits. Very effective in that game. And for me, I mean, we haven't mentioned him yet. Obvious. I'm sorry, Daniel. It's not going to be Richie James. We're not even sure if he's going to play yet um, with that concussion. I think yeah. he will, but we're not sure. Is he? Did he go through the protocol and everything? Uh, he was limited today in practice. So he's trending in the right direction. Um, Daniel Jones, it's, it's Daniel Jones, hundred percent. He owns the Washington football team. Uh, and nine of primetime games. I'm not going to look at that stat. Um, 548 rushing yards and five touchdowns. The dude is electric. Um, 12 touchdowns, four picks over 2,500 yards on the year. Again, the stats aren't eye popping, but they're good. Um, again, Ideally, you don't want your starting quarterback to have only 12 touchdown passes in week 15, but we know how limited this offense has been this year. And if you add the five rushing touchdowns, he really has 17 touchdowns where he could have thrown the ball, but he elected to run with it. That's the point of having a dual threat quarterback. They may not always throw for 30, 40 touchdowns a year. So those are my two to watch for the Giants. Um all right, so injury report. Uh, Sam, it's a long one for <laughs> us. Washington's pretty healthy because all their guys are limited, but if you want to run through quick the, the notables here, um, we know about Ellerson Smith heading to IR, but um, Giants have a few key guys in jeopardy. All right, I'll, I won't hit everyone then. I'll just hit, I'll just hit a few. Um, Adoree Jackson, unfortunately, did not participate in practice due to a knee injury. Um, Richie James, concussion, obviously, limited in practice. Um, Jihad Ward also has a concussion and was limited. Uh, there's that rib injury for Daniel Bellinger, who was also limited in practice, which is not great because it seems like he's constantly getting injured, which is not ideal. Um, and Leonard Williams has a neck injury, which he was also limited in practice. Um, on the commander side, Antonio Gibson has a foot injury, um, and he was limited, limited in practice. Same with uh, Brian Robinson, limited, but with a quad. Uh, Montez Sweat, who was someone we were talking about earlier, he has a concussion, limited in practice. And Chase Young, who I feel like I haven't even seen on the field in quite a number of years, it feels like, has a knee injury, and he was limited in practice as well. I really hope Chase Young doesn't play, but I have a feeling he's going to be ready. 
out of all the weeks for him to show up. <laughs> yeah. Sweat got a concussion in the week 13 game, but the average time has been around nine days for players to come back for a, uh, a concussion since the two Otago Viloa injury. If you get a concussion in one game, about 95% of the time you're not playing the next week. That's just how it's been since the Tua injury. The NFL has been very precautious about it. Hank, anything you want to add before we get to our picks for the game? You know that we're pretty much cursed with the uh, injury luck, so I think that pretty much means he's going to play. I think so. But, again, he's not going to be 100%. You know, Montez Sweat dealing with a concussion as well. You know, Washington's a little bit healthier than we are, but we'll see what happens. They might be getting Benjamin St. Juice back as well. Pretty good corner. Um, And they do have a good offensive line. Andrew Norwell, Trey Turner, pair of veterans. Question is, will Wes Schweitzer at center be able to do the job? Because obviously the Giants had a a slew of sacks back in week uh, 13. Gosh, it's getting late in the season already. Uh, folks, also, before we get to our game predictions, remember to leave a like on the show. It helps with our algorithm. We really appreciate it. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, make sure to leave a like. Uh, you can drop a comment as well if you want. Um, Noah asks, what are your picks? Well, you're in luck because we're just getting to our picks in just a moment. Garth has road rage. Yeah, Garth, you better get your picks in, buddy. The game starts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the review preview quick picks that is our little group picks that we do. Trey Turner was a joke for the Chargers. Well, he's not doing too bad for Washington Garth. Um, you know, not nearly as good as Brandon Scherf. But when Hank, when we had Marty joins on two weeks ago, he mentioned something about their safeties. You mentioned Cam Curl, right? Were you the one that brought up Cam Curl earlier in, in the show? Uh, I don't, I think, I, I think so. And their other safety, what's his name? Derek Forrest, that's his name. Dude has three interceptions on the season. Um, I'm nervous about him. Um, But, Sam, I'll start with you here. Who are you picking for this game, and what's your final score? Mm, I am upset with my pick. Um, I don't want this to happen. Unfortunately, I have this overwhelming feeling that we're going to lose. I really, really want us to win. Obviously, we will be rooting for the Giants all day, every day. But I just something, something in my bones is telling me that we're we're just on the decline. Um, I think Washington's going to win, and the final score is going to be twenty-eight to twenty-one. Bam! Hank, before we get Sorry. to you, before we get to you, Marty chimes in. Now, remember, Marty said the Giants would win in Week Fifteen. Has his opinion changed since he was on the show two weeks ago? It has. Wow. Marty was not as kind as the Commanders winning 28 to 13. I think he just wants the Commanders to beat us once. And can I blame Marty? No. His team's been resting for two weeks. Um, They're more mentally ready for this, I think, than we are. So we will see what happens. Hank, you're up. All right. Unfortunately, I'm also in the same boat as Sam. And you know what I say. I'd rather be wrong and happy than right and disappointed. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say something along the lines of uh, 22 to 16, Washington. All right. So both of you went Washington. It's up to me. Tudo says, Tommy, Giants ain't high-scoring team with all their offensive limitations. The only way they could win the game, it's all about their defense to show up and shine. That, that is a great point. Um, he has Giants winning 23-17. We say forget about it. Um, Noah says I have to get my suit pressed first. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about, but um, – <laughs> You know what? All right. So Giants historically very good against Washington. Daniel Jones plays very well at FedEx Field. Giants should have won in week 13. 
They're coming off a bad loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. Something's got to give. Uh, I'll say it. This team is going to the playoffs. Um, Someone's got to say it. I don't care what the doubters say. And the Giants are going to win this football game. They're going to win this football game. Uh, I like the fact that um, Jihad Ward and Richie James both practiced today. I also like the fact that, you know, Daniel Jones played this team just two weeks ago. It's fresh in his mind. They don't have to study as much as they normally would. And I think the Giants are just really pissed off. And I really love the fact that Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari will now be playing in their third game together this season. And that's going to be huge. I don't know if Washington can put up with that. I think the Giants are going to make adjustments when it comes to blocking sweat. And I have the Giants winning by a final score similar to Tudo, but this time I have 23 to 20. Nice. If you remember correctly, that was also my score prediction for week 13. And we missed that kick. We missed the kick. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Got to manifest it. Rich Soybert agrees with me. Noah, how do you know Rich Soybert? (laughs) How? He probably just looked up a random giant. Oh, I know what he's talking about. Philadelphia Eagles are running into the Dan Campbell buzzsaw in the divisional round and getting their kneecaps taken. Rich Soybert is the one, of course, who uh, was penalized for the illegal man downfield in the 2002 wildcard playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers, which we hate to mention, but we somehow always mention it on this show. Um, Hey, he redeemed himself. He's a Super Bowl champion. That he did. But I'm glad I picked the Giants. Tudo picked the Giants. That's all that matters, folks. (laughs) Um, Sam, Hank, any final thoughts here before we sign off and get ready for Thursday night football? I just – if this is going to be Daniel Jones' first primetime win, like, please make it this one. This is literally our last hope. So, um, and it's got flexed to Sunday night. So we will all be sitting around Sunday night. Won't have to worry about flipping between 1 p.m. or 4.30 games. Sunday night football. It's going to be, it's going to be a, an intimidating game, but I'm excited. Oh, boy. This is the first time in who knows how long that I've been nervous about the Giants. And... You know, in a sick way, I've kind of been longing for that feeling because of how many losing seasons we have had over the course of what most of the decade, although we did get lucky in uh, 2016. Although this team, I'm more nervous because like, look, would it necessarily be the worst thing in the world if they lost and missed the playoffs this year? Not really, but here's why I want them to make the playoffs. This is a young core. It would be nice to like, get then that first taste of what like a change in culture slash playoff feels like. And heck look what happened to the Eagles. I mean, last year they had that, had a similar season to us where they practically backdoored slash limp their way into the playoffs. They got clobbered, but it was a learning experience for them. Look where they're at now. Maybe could the same thing happen to the giants? Who knows? I'm very interested to see what happens this week. I think this is the week that Daniel Jones really proves to people he is here to stay. He is here to stay. Yes. Daniel Jones will have the game of his life on Sunday night football. And I think Saquon will be okay. I don't know if he's going to be great, but uh, I think Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau will be all over Taylor Heineke. hundred percent. But folks on behalf of Sam Cardona, Hank and Dichter, my name is Tom Scavetta. Remember to follow us on all of our social media, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Big Blue Avenue. And without further ado, let's go Big Blue.